1: Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Man, it has been a crazy, I guess, 24 hours. You know, we got news late last night that Kyle check was signed and all that kind of stuff with what was going on there. Uh, and so there's a lot going on. So here's, here's what we've got planned today. And I know we're going to have a big show here. We've got a lot of people coming in. I love it. Hashtag CC. Uh, get entered into those free <laughs> giveaways. We just gave away a huge one. I don't want to spoil what we gave away last week. Waiting for that to show up. But we're going to be going through film. We're going to be going through contracts. We're going to be going through salary caps. We're going to be going through which players are still available at different positions the 49ers should target. And probably most importantly what the hell is going on with the Trent Williams deal? We're going to try to put some sense to all of these things so that when you walk away from this podcast today or show, wherever you're watching, you kind of understand the blueprint that they're trying to maintain. And whenever you step back, you look at what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done, You know, this being, what is this, this their fifth year, fourth year, Um, it's all starting to make sense. This is not new they have a repeated behavior a trend on how they handle free agency and what that looks like going into the draft so without further ado let's jump in and as we're going this podcast we it's 4:10 p.m. pacific time currently we are live If some news drops, man, y'all got to light up. (laughs) Y'all got to light up that chat. Um, Tag me, at John Chapman, so I can see what's going on. We do have a big crowd here today, which is awesome. Uh, Really appreciate everybody. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. We do this quite often. But let's talk about Kyle Juszczyk, okay? And this is huge. Was Kyle Juszczyk the first priority of the 49ers just because that deal got done first? I don't think so. If you, the first priority was always and is still Trent Williams. Well, why didn't Trent Williams still get done then? Well, Trent Williams deal get, did not get done because he's in a very different position than the 49ers. You've got to go back. Remember with Trent Williams, missed two and a half years playing time. You know, had the tumor, had to have brains like surgery, all like he was almost not only out of football, but this was an expansive uh, expanding growth tumor on his head like there were there had to be a time where he thought he wasn't going to play football anymore right uh, like forget the contract forget all that stuff football is probably not a possibility you know you whenever you're getting into tumors in the head and all that stuff now you start thinking about man life options all those different things this is Trent Williams last big contract this is it so, does Trent Williams want to play for the 49ers? Yes, he's been public about that. His agent has been public about that. Other players, Richard Sherman, has been public about that. But that doesn't mean you just jump in and say, all right, let's just make this happen. That's not it at all. Um For a bit of nostalgia Carlos Hyde just signed a two-year six million dollar deal with the Jaguars long live Carlos Hyde and Trent Baalke (laughs) If you're upset by the 49ers offseason thus far even though we're like a day in Just remember Trent Baalke is out there sabotaging a roster currently as we speak anyway back to Trent Williams This is his last big contract He has said he wants to sign with the 49ers. Does that mean he's going to give them a huge hometown discount? He's got to get his money. I completely understand that. Never fault a player for going for it. The the players owe us nothing. Nothing. It's not our money. This is for their family, whatever. Like, that's just my own personal stance. Uh, You know, you're you're literally taking money from a billionaire family (laughs) to, you know, play football. I love football more than anybody. Um, but still I love it when people get their money. I love to see them get paid I hope trent williams comes back now. The question is going to be this If the 49ers are stuck at this 20 million dollar cap uh, You know 20 million dollars per year, which has been leaked out by lots of different people Uh, you know, they're not going above that You're not going to get trent williams because I guarantee you the uh, the bears the colts You know teams like that the chiefs they're going to be willing to pay more than that per year. The 49ers seem kind of stuck at that point. I hope we go higher. I really, really do. I I do not want to lose Trent Williams. I don't want to lose him. Um, now, I, I understand some people out there are saying, well, hold on. Why don't we use that money at other positions? Okay, what positions? Uh, there's no great left tackle you know, in this free agency period that's even close to Trent Williams. Yeah, there's some guys out there. And and you could probably get, you know, just looking at the positions now. At Russell Okung. Eric Fisher, he's probably going to retire. Riley Reef, uh, Alejandro Villanueva, he's 33. He's had some bad years. Jason Peters, 39, going on 40. I, I mean, there is nothing. So if you do not get Trent Williams, you might be able to get a stopgap player, like one of the ones I just mentioned. But you are now going to be pigeonholed. Into drafting a left tackle, no matter what in the first round, you're going to be stuck. If you want to be real risky, now you're talking maybe second round. So for you quarterback people that are like, "Oh, Jimmy G's awful. Let's get him out of here." Guess what? Now you're stuck because what happens if one of the four quarterbacks fall to twelve? And so you're sitting there looking at okay, quarterback or left tackle. Now you're stuck. um Obviously, you probably go quarterback there still, but um, it, that that's that's the situation you're in. So. I still feel confident that Trent Williams will sign with the 49ers. I think that we do have the edge on everybody else. Is it a foregone conclusion? Hell no it's not. Um not even close. But the longer it takes, the odds of the 49ers go down and down and down. Still hope it happens. I, I really, really do. And, you know, as I say that, uh, let's jump over to some film. And let's uh, kind of remind ourselves. Uh, here we go. Got some Trent Williams film that I put together just from this year. This, These are 2020 highlights. You're going to see number 71, the big silverback out there, running 30 yards downfield Um the dude is a baller, a pro bowl tackle in his first year with us. He missed out on the all pro barely, but they don't grow on trees. They really, really don't. I really hope that we find a way to bring this, this guy back just because he makes our team better. Um, there is no way we're gonna have positive quarterback play with if we don't address our offensive line. And, you know, again, you step back, you look at what the 49ers have done so far. Cornerback position. All right, cool. Verrett and Mosley. We've got our starters on the outside. We could still upgrade. They're not top-tier starters, but that's a quality tandem on the outside. Edge rusher was a major need. You go get Sam Ibukum. I I like that guy, and we're going to go over his film in a second too. Um, What do you do with Kyle Juszczyk? You don't have to have him. It's a little bit of a luxury. Okay, cool. You go sign Kyle Juszczyk. What are the big glaring weaknesses on this 49ers roster? It all starts with offensive line. It's everything right now. And it's not just the left tackle position. Even if you sign Trent Williams, center's still an issue. Right guard is still an issue. So I love where the 49ers are. I like how things have gone so far. Have we got the big kahuna burger yet? No, we have not. A little Pulp Fiction reference there. Um, Shout out. Uh, But that's what it is. I don't think that Trent is gone yet. Uh, But again, the longer it goes, the worse it gets. Uh, Let's get to a couple questions real quick. Uh, This one comes from Drew. Rams have to be crying. Uh, Crickets in Seattle. We might have the best linebacker in the core uh, aside from Tampa. Yeah, there's a lot there. You see the deal that the Rams just gave to Leonard Floyd, averaging $16 million a year. I like Leonard Floyd. I think that he's a quality play- a player. Uh, Dan, you asked the same thing. What happens when the Rams don't make the cap? We saw what happened in the previous with the Rams. Everybody's walking out the door. The Rams are going to have the most top heavy roster in the NFL where they have five key players and then just no middle, <laughs> no middle average starters and then just trash at the bottom. And so they're going to have to make some bit more deals. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like um, Woods gets traded, um, you know, just for some pennies on the dollar, get third, fourth round picks for a couple of their starters because they're going to have to not only, if they just restructure everybody, They're just kicking the can down the road. They are literally trying to get a championship now and just consequences be damned. They're following kind of the Mickey Loomis and the Saints trajectory on what they're doing. And it's catching up to them already. That's why they're still paying. uh, You know, Todd Gurley's not even signed to a team right now. He's a free agent, probably going to be after the draft as well. They're still paying him millions of dollars. They're still paying Jared Goff. So, yeah, the Rams, hey, awesome. I love it. I hope they keep doing it. I, I really, really do. Because you don't win. You Who just won the the Super Bowl? Probably the team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the most depth. With the most depth. There were no flaws on that roster besides maybe running back. And then they just go pick people up off the street like Leonard Fournette. And they play really, really well. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, he didn't play well. But, you know, they're just doing those things. So we'll have to see what happens. But yeah, I, you look at where the Rams are going. I'm telling you right now, Sean McVay is not going to be the Rams coach, you know, six years from now. It's not going to happen. It, that is going to be a dumpster fire down the road. Yeah, Stafford might be awesome. They might make the playoffs this year. They might go deep in the playoffs. They have a lot of top tier talent, but I'm telling you, that's not the way you went. This isn't the NBA. It's not. And whenever you look at, they pay $16 million a year for Leonard Floyd. And the 49ers go out there and get freaking Sam Ibukum, who, again, not as good a player. Here, let's jump to the film now if you're with us on YouTube, Twitch, or Periscope, Periscope Twitter. Here's the deal. Okay, Sam Ibukum, who is he? First off, he's probably one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. He ran a 4-4-5 four, four, yard dash. Four-four-five. 7.023 cone. That is depot type three-cone drill. So his shiftiness is there. 39 inch vertical, 10 foot 10 broad jump. This guy is a muscle hamster. Now he comes in just over six foot. So around 6'2", 240. Compact speed hustle. I love this kid watching this film. I and The funny thing is he was teammates with Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne Um, At Eastern Washington. So uh, there's some ties there. You're the college with the red field and all that kind of stuff. Uh, He came out as a fourth-round pick for the Rams. And as you watch this film, probably Mike McGlinchey's biggest, like, horrible play of the year was against this guy where he just got blown up and then, you know, strip sack and all that stuff. That's him. So what is it that he brings? Number one, Health. <laughs> Which for the 49ers is a big deal. You, you've got to admit, he's never missed a game in his four years in the NFL. Never won. Um, and so that is key for sure. Now, 14 career sacks. He's not a huge he's a situational pass rusher, and that's it. Okay. 14 career sacks in four years. He had four and a half sacks the last two years in a row, 16 tackles for loss, 28 quarterback hits. He's all over the place. Now, turnovers are kind of his specialty. Six forced fumbles, four fumbles recovered, two defensive touchdowns, one pick six. The guy is around the freaking ball. And so whenever you're talking about speed, he has it in spades. When you're talking about hustle, he has it in spades. That's where he gets, that's where he wins. This is not going to be a starting defensive end for the 49ers. He played off uh, outside linebacker for them in a 3-4 scheme. He's going to play the D Ford situational speed rusher. That's what he is. One year, he had a 69% snap rate. Nice. Uh, Every other year, 51% or lower. So this is a situational guy. And we paid situational money for him. We got him two years, $12 million. We'll have to wait till the details come out. But there's no way he's going to cost more than $4 million against the cap this year. Maybe four and a half tops. So you're spending you know, $4.5 million for a situational guy. They're spending $16 million for Leonard Floyd, who's had 10.5 sacks. That's his best year. Uh, he's a good player. I'm not saying Leonard Floyd's not better. He is better than Sam Boogham. However, you're paying top dollar. The 49ers just got a bargain. That's the difference. And the 49ers are in that stage. We're we're playing chess. They're borrowing against tomorrow. That's the difference. So I really do like this guy. I'm gonna do a full breakdown Um, Over over his play do some game tape and all that stuff over on patreon So if you want to see that we'll do I mean it'd be a good 30-minute breakdown where we get down Nitty-gritty pros cons all that kind of stuff patreon.com Slash 49ers rush podcast join us over there now Phil yates just tweeted out um, as i'm speaking the details of jason Verrett's one-year deal with the 49ers signing bonus 2 million dollars base salary 2.5 per game roster bonus 1 million dollars, so his his incentive is based on playing time interceptions and pro Bowl so but with a one-year deal not a lot of questions 5.5 million dollars that means that it is all about which we can kind of tell here it all goes against the cap right there and so what is it that Jason Verrett is wanting well let's go to let's go to the film let's look right here Jason Verrett's betting on himself You remember he came out Pro Bowl rookie year out of TCU. I love that kid. I I wanted him so bad that year. Injuries, three straight years with injuries, very similar to Trent Williams. But he balled out this year. And the 49ers, he turned down a multiple-year deal. This has been put out there by a few different credible sources. He turned down a multi-year deal because he wanted to bet on himself and didn't want to cash in on a down year because of the salary cap. So he takes less money, less years, which usually you don't want to do, just so he can have the opportunity to cash in in the future. And I'm rooting for this guy. You want him to play so well that you can't afford him. Or, worst case scenario, you franchise tag him next year. So I like, I really, really do like him. Uh, Jason Verrett's been incredible, amazing teammate. One year, $5.5 million deal. Just a prove it deal. And he wants to go after the bag. Let him go get it and let him prove it. I felt like he already did prove it in 2020. He was our best corner. Even when Richard Sherman was on the field, he was great. Um, He's going to have to do that nonstop now. And we got our corners. You know, this is great news. We were going into free agency with nobody outside. As of now, you know, our starting three corners, Jason Verrett, Emmanuel Mosley outside, Jamar Taylor in the slot. It's not top five in the NFL, but it's doable, and we've seen all three of those people start and have success on our current team. So that's good. You're, You're not changing anything. The secondary is from last year, where we left off, it's the exact same. Jimmy Ward's playing the strong safety role. Uh, you've got Tarvarius Moore in the free safety spot. So the continuity between our secondary, it's there. And so you're happy about that. That's good news. Now, does that negate the fact that you could still draft a cornerback? back, Round one. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And again, back to where we started on the show. This is the fourth, fifth year that we've seen Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch go through this. We know what they're trying to do. They don't want to go into the draft with a glaring need at any position. They don't want to. Now, sometimes they have to, which we saw last year, when Joe Staley retired, when Emmanuel Sanders chose to leave, um, when you traded DeForest Buckner, they kind of forced their hand there. They address those needs. So as they keep marking away these needs, you don't have to draft a cornerback round one. You don't have to draft an edge player first or second round now. Left tackle, still a question mark. So if you don't you don't seal that left tackle deal with Silverback, all right. Now we kind of know we're going to be stuck there. Now the good news is this draft does have some strong left tackle candidates. I don't think there's any way Rashawn Slater's there at 12. That would be ideal. Panesu is going to be gone. Christian Derisaw is probably the guy that would land at 12. I doubt he goes before that. Out of Virginia Tech. And I like Darisol. I, I really, really do. Um, So so that's kind of the issue that we look for there. But Jason Ferrett's back. Great news. This is awesome. One-year prove-it deal. He wanted to test his numbers. He saw what was available for him out there and then said no. And what's crazy is, man, the Denver Broncos, I believe it was Denver, they signed Ronald Darby to a three-year $30 million dollar deal that's bananas i would take uh, just to put this into perspective i would take jason verrett over darby straight up but yeah it was it was uh the denver broncos um and so like hey man we got both our outside corners for less per year than the Broncos are getting for Ronald Darby. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know why he pulled that deal. I'm happy for him. That's great. So glad it's not with us. So glad it's not with us. Um, so take that for what you will. Now let's move on. Let's talk our other guy that we got, even though it's almost like, you know, old news now. And that's Kyle Juszczyk, baby. The juice. This is what started it all. Was this the number one priority for the 49ers? No, it wasn't. But it was the first deal that got done. Why? Um, he wasn't he didn't want to test free agency. You know, the rumors are out there. Before Kyle Yuszchek came to San Francisco, he had a deal verbally agreed to in place with the Buffalo Bills. And he was excited about it. His spouse was not. (laughs) And then uh, San Francisco entered into the equation, and he ended up going that route instead. But he wanted to go to Buffalo. That was his plan. Uh, But (laughs) Buffalo, if you haven't been there, it's a little bit of a different location, Uh, definitely a different feel than San Francisco. But um, so anyway, he's got so many connections with the coaching staff. He loves being here. Remember how emotional he was. Kyle Juszczyk we're talking about here at the end of the 2020 season he, he was broken up because he thought he was done here love that they got this deal done and i want to spend some time talking about the cap because they put them they signed him for a five-year 27 million dollar deal for kyle use that's a lot of scratch that's a long time He was already the highest paid fullback in the NFL, which isn't saying much. I think only 12 teams actually have a full-time fullback. And even saying that, watch these plays. He's running routes half the time from the slot position. So I don't even call him, you know, our true fullback because he's not. He's an offensive weapon, right? Well, from Kaplan uh, Kaplan NFL, um, he came out $10 million guaranteed. That doesn't really matter to us, whatever. But this is basically just a two-year $10 million deal which is basically what he had beforehand. Now, $4 million signing bonus that's spread out over five years. Divide that out math-wise, boop, boop, boop. $800,000 a year in signing bonus spread out. And this is all cap numbers. That's all I care about. People talk about cash and guarantee for players, for agents, that's key. For teams, for fans, who cares? Not your money, not your money. The cap, that is kind of the fan's money, right? Um, And the fact that that determines what you get and what you don't get. So whenever all these contracts, and again, you're gonna keep seeing all these numbers come out, whatever. All you need to pay attention to is the salary cap hit, okay? So the deal averages just over 5 million a year, but that's not the cap hit. 2021, 2.2 million, that's it. He's cheaper this year than he was the past three years. 2022, $2.9 million cap hit. So these next two years, he is cheaper with the $10 million guarantee. We're fine. Now in 2023, it jumps up $6.5 million cap hit, but you have an option. Then in 2024, you've got an easy out. 2.6 2.6 dead money if you want to move on 2024. If not, you just stay with them. $7.5 million cap hit in 2024. $7.5 million cap hit in 2025. And those years will not happen. Even if... Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks? With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into a 1000 Kyle check stays at the exact number or exact performance that he is currently. 2024 and 2025 aren't happening. You would renegotiate the deal, conf- uh, you know, put in a dummy year, which is basically what this has done. So essentially, here's how this works. This is a two-year, $10 million deal. And you spread out the cap hit so that it's not reflected at the current situation in this down market. Um because of COVID, because of the revenue sharing and all those things that are built into the CBA, Kyle Juszczyk gave us a super team-friendly deal. Super team-friendly deal. Uh, That's going to help us with somebody like Trent Williams. Now, a couple questions. Do we have enough to still sign Trent? 100% yes. 100% yes. And a lot of this has to do with D Ford. And I'm seeing the questions come up, so let's talk about D Ford. It comes across, you know, the the thing, D. Ford restructured his contract. Now, what the hell does that mean? Okay, well, you got to dive into the contract, and I know this stuff's boring, whatever else. D. Ford was due $11.6 million just on an injury guarantee. And March 1st is the deadline where he has to take a physical. If he passes that, he doesn't get that money. If he fails it, he's guaranteed that money. Well, guess what? He's going to fail it. So that's 11.6, and he had another 4.8 million on top of that in dead cap money that we couldn't get rid of. So D Ford was making 16.4 million this year minimum without ever even playing a snap. So you renegotiate his deal, and here's why you do so. Not because he's going to play. D Ford's never playing football for the 49ers again, but he did the 49ers a favor here. He renegotiated that deal so that they could spread out that cap hit over two years. That's what that was about. So D4 is going to get probably an extra million, million, 1.5. We'll have to see what happens when it's all said and done um, by restructuring and helping the 49ers, which is nice of him, but that's going to be spread out over two years. Now, why would the 49ers do that? We would have had the $16.4 million cap hit. I guarantee you that's going to be cut in half. So by restructuring, we got a probably extra 10 to $12 million against the cap this year. D Ford did a solid to the 49ers because, hey, we paid them a lot of money. D Ford's never playing again. Definitely not for the 49ers. So, all that being said, now the 49ers got some money. We're doing just fine. There's plenty of money to sign Trent Williams. The issue is, will the 49ers pay it? Do they want to give that much money to this tackle? That's the question. Do they have the cap space? Yes. You know, again, just a real quick cap rundown. Before Emmanuel Mosley deal came out, we had thirty-two million dollars in cap space. Okay, so let's just play this out. These are my estimates. I don't see all the details. These are just my guesses. Rounded off and simplified. Cap hits only. That's all I care about for 2021. I Don't care about cash. I don't care about term of deal. Whatever. Just cap hit. 3 million for Mosley is my guess. 2 million for use check, we know. 5.5 for Verette, we know. Probably around four million for Sam Abukum. That's a guess. So that comes out to anywhere between 14 to 16 million. So low end 14 million against the cap. You know, big end probably 16 to 17 million. Subtract that from the 32, uh, right in half. So we got about 16 million cap space still. Then you get the restructure of the D four deal, which again, we don't get details. <laughs> the 49ers contract situation is the slowest to leak out in the NFL. Okay, question is why? The 49ers don't leak. Kyle Shanahan is one of those guys that will look for a competitive advantage at every single nook and cranny, whatever he can. He, he announces his rosters, moves the roster moves the day before the game in the last 15 minutes that he's allowed to every single week. He doesn't want teams to know how much cap we have. So they can't look at Tripp Williams and say, oh, the 49ers only have this much money, therefore we're going to go a dollar above, right? The whole price is right thing that's just who he is so we don't get these details because they're such a closed ship you don't see that it wasn't like this under the Trent Baalke era and all those things right so you're looking at how much cap space we currently have after all these I'd say at least 20 million dollars cap this year after the d Ford renegotiation and again we're not done restructuring more will come I promise you that it's not over um so Let's get to some questions here. You know, we, we've we covered a lot with these guys, and I know it's been really kind of content heavy, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But when you're talking about all these numbers, it kind of jumbles up, especially if you've been watching and listening to KNBR, watching NFL Network, SiriusXM, you know, jumping on. Now you're on this podcast. So let's get to some Q&A. Um, again, there's a lot of comments, and I love it. Please tag me at John Chabot. I'm scrolling through this live. So I want to make sure that, you know, I address your questions and get all that stuff on there. I'm trying to do the best that I can. Uh, Russ, uh, John, what's up? Uh, best sports right? I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you, Russ, for the kind words. Matt. Um, yeah. Is Ibukum the, the answer to containing mobile quarterbacks? Man, one of the issues... The 49ers play more mobile quarterbacks than any team in the NFL because, you know, we're in the NFC West and we're the only one without a mobile quarterback. You, you could even put, you know, Matt Stafford, is he mobile? Well, compared to the baby giraffe, you know, Jared Goff, big time he is. He's a hell of an athlete. So some of the plays, you know, that I've already got set aside for my Patreon breakdown, you see him spying Lamar Jackson. And he got two sacks in one quarter against Lamar Jackson last year, and that was his MVP year. Um, not 2020, but 2019. He's fast. He's a 4 5 guy. And one of the things that excites me most about Ibukum is not his speed, it's his hustle. That dude is a baller. And whenever you see him you know going through Game Pass and through all the game tape, he's amped up, man. He's a level 10. And that's what you want from your situational guys, because again, he's only going to play about fifty percent of the snaps. But whenever he's out there, you want him to bring that charge. Think about what Kerry Hyder was last year. Well, Kerry Hyder is not a four point four forty guy. That's not what he is. But his effort was bananas. Um. So yeah, you got to love that. Oh, here we go. Yep, Kendrick Bourne. Let's talk about Kendrick Bourne. I, I love it. First off, I want to say uh, Kendrick Bourne. I'm so glad that he got ca- he cashed in. I've said it once. I think I've said it twice. I love seeing people get paid. I love seeing people get paid. Um, it, celebrate when people elevate their livelihood and provide for the – that's great news. That's not bad news. Uh, would I pay him that money? No, but guess what? I don't own a damn football team. Um, so Kendrick Bourne gets a three-year, $22.5 million deal with the Patriots. Holy cow. First off, let's let, just thankful for Kendrick Bourne and what he did all the injuries with you know he came in with Dante Pettis <laughs> you know and look what he was able to accomplish and it, it, I think he came in before Dante Pettis actually yeah he came in the first year with Trent Taylor um, led the team in touchdowns one year led the team in receptions another year led the team in yards another year just at the wide receiver position not tight ends included but he was great um, really really liked him fan favorite so much energy all those things but he had some major issues If, if don't It's easy to forget, he lost the number three wide receiver spot twice in this past year. And that was with, he got beat out by, uh, you know, Richie James, River Craycraft. Like, I like Kendrick Bourne. This deal, though, is bananas. The entire wide receiver market right now is stupid. Nelson Aguilar got what he got to play with the Patriots. It's weird. Um, I do not want to sign. This, this free agent wide receiver class is crazy deep. I don't want to sign any of them. I really want to address the wide receiver position in the NFL draft. And, and I'll just say this on top of that. The 49ers have a lot of options at the wide receiver position on their roster currently. Um, you know, are, are they solid? No. Uh, your number one and number two wide receiver, Ayuk and Debo, they're there. But listen to all these options for the number three wide receiver. You only need one to pan out. Jalen Hurd, huge giant question mark. I get it. Not expecting him to. Okay. Jawan Jennings, ah, who knows? Huge hamstring, missed the whole time. Richie James, he's shown some, you know, good things, whatever else, but not dependable. Travis Benjamin's going to be back. Kyle Shanahan loves that guy. River Craycraft, will he step up and elevate? So, Will one of those guys you want you want it to be Jalen Hurd, but man, I do not want to spend in this climate where they're making so much freaking money out there, it's insane. So I don't want to go pay $10 million, $11 million for a number three wide receiver. I would much rather get somebody in the third, fourth, fifth round that's going to compete at the number three spot. Uh, Now that we have Kyle Juszczyk, we run the fewest three three wide receiver spots in the NFL. That's going to continue. So I'm very happy that we did not pay $7 million a year for Kendrick Bourne. I'm very happy also that he got paid. Also, side note, man, let's talk about the Patriots. They're on a whole new plane now. The Patriots have led the NFL in compensation picks forever because they don't take part in free agency. Players play well, they go sign somewhere else, and they, they're they bargain shoppers at the bottom of the basement. Not anymore. They are spending big and spending on The Patriots will not get one compensation pick next year. it would be the first time in over a decade. Um, so it's interesting seeing this shift here. Uh, but whatever, I digress. Screw the Patriots. Uh nothing bad but bad things for that team, but I want Kendrick Bourne to play well. Um from Dan, like this question. How does Darisaw compare to Redunds? Okay, Darisaw is bigger, longer, much more prototypical left tackle. Redunds is much more smaller, athletic, and quick. So here's how I would put this, and this is off the top of my head. Redunds is much more Joe Staley style, not saying he's Joe Staley, but very similar body type, very similar play style. Darasaw is a little bit more of a Tyron Smith type guy. He's a mountain of a man to begin with. Not near as mobile or quick, but, um, you know, if you go to Virginia Tech, their offense was all RPOs. So... (laughs) He he's not. He was never asked to get to the second level because you can't get downfield. So there are some questions. Who's the better pass protector? Darisal 100%. Who's the better run zone scheme fit? Redunds is. Um, usually Kyle Shanahan prefers to go with the run fit first in offensive lineman. Think you know Mike McGlinchey, whatever else. But I don't think Redunds is even an option in the top 25. I think he's an early second round guy, late first round guy. Darisal. 12 is kind of the sweet spot. I think he kind of goes 11 to 15. So if you're just looking at value based on the overall talent, more teams will have Derisaw ahead of Redunds. Some zone teams, like the 49ers, could definitely look at Redunds and say, you know what, he's worth it, he's a better fit, let's just stick with him. Um. So so we'll have to kind of see what happens there. Uh, no doubt about that Uh, from s1k Friday with so many picks that we have. Do you think we will trade up 100% does that mean I'll trade up in the first round? I doubt it unless you go get a quarterback or unless you go get Rashawn Slater if Richard uh, if Richard if Trent Williams doesn't sign Um. but remember. John Lynch traded every single pick we had last year. Trade up, trade back, trade down, trade all around, traded to next year. Yeah, trades are going to happen. Personally, if you're not trade, if you trade up, you got to get a quarterback or Rashawn Slater. I don't think there's anybody else that would be worth it there. Uh, maybe Caleb Farley for me, but I'm higher on him than most. Um, I think the sweet spot in this draft, I really, really believe this, is kind of that 18 to 25. I would much rather us trade back and then trade up in the second, trade up in the third. So your sweet spots in this draft are that kind of eighteen to twenty-five, and then you're dropping down like forty to seventy. That middle range, early second round, and I just I don't like it. I love what we did last year where you fall back a spot or two. Then you jump back up into the first and go get a qu- top-tier talent. That's what I would like to do. Uh, we'll have to see how it falls. And again, let me just say this. You know, I got a lot of emails after talking about this last episode. We will 100% be covering the NFL Draft live here on YouTube. Um, you know, For the people that joined us last year, on hot mic that was awesome we had a great time the nfl got really really upset at the way we did things and we got singled out and they don't want us doing that anymore (laughs) that's okay um but i'm gonna have my film clips i'm gonna have literally i'm processing as much film as i possibly can So me and my best friend Charles, he's going to be on here. He was on me last year as well. Days one and day two, we're going to be on here on YouTube the whole time, 49er-centric podcast coverage. So if this is your first time listening, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. We go live all the time. Uh, We do giveaways monthly, and I'm going to have an autographed jersey for you guys, a big one. Um, So uh, just be ready for that one. Andrew, seems like we overpaid for Mosley. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you there. Uh, Because, again, you could have tendered him, but instead you elected to go for a two-year, $10 million deal. Now, why would you do that? I think, one, you want some continuity at the cornerback position. I don't think the 49ers liked where they were this offseason, where you finish it and you go into free agency not having one corner, not one outside slot uh, corner set up. They hated that. So this allows you to kind of, you know, offset it by a year. Plus, if Jason Verrett already knew he was only going to do a one-year deal, it makes even more sense. Hindsight's twenty-twenty, right? Why, why would you want to be in the exact same position you're in next year? Now you're going into the draft this year saying, hey, all we need, we have at least one corner starter quality with Emmanuel Mosley in 2022. We're not going to be, we're not redoing this again. If Ret choose to leave, that's great. We only need one corner, not two, not three. So I think that's huge. Um, and again, we'll have to wait and see. Emmanuel Mosley's been great. Undrafted free agent, 17 starts, starting the Super Bowl. Uh, he's been awesome. I think his best spot is playing inside at the slot corner role. But if you're going to put him there in the nickel spot, you've got to get another outside guy. That's going to have to be the draft probably. Um Let's see here. Sean, can we lock down Trent Williams and still play Fred Warner? 100% yes. The money is 100% there. And in fact, Fred Warner, he's not going to cost a whole lot um, just because, one, linebackers don't make that much money. Two, you're going to be able to push that multiple years. I think Trent Williams would probably be a four-year deal. I think Fred Warner could be a five- or six-year deal. Very similar to what uh, George Kittle did last year. And again... Fred Warner will not be extended until maybe two to three weeks before the season. So I understand after free agency, I understand after the draft. Pay Fred, linebacker one, all that's gonna be trending. I get it. I'm gonna be helping it trend because I want Fred to get paid. That deal will not take place until right before the season. The 49ers have shown that. What is their repeated behavior in the front office? If 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 you're not, you know, in a rush to pay George Kittle. You're not going to be in a rush to pay Fred Warner until right before the season. One, that sets precedent for smaller guys doing contract holdouts, whatever else. No, no, no. That's not how we do things here. You show up to camp. You show up. You you prove you're not going to be a holdout. Then we will reward you, even if you're an all-pro player like Fred Warner, like George Kittle. It sets precedent and builds positivity in the locker room continuity long-term. Rolls-Royce. Oh, how do the Rams keep sighted um, if they are in cap hell? Again, look at their dead money. They lead the most in the NFL, and they just keep kicking the can down the road. Eventually, it's going to catch up with them, and that's why their roster is so top heavy. They don't have a competitive roster. They really, really don't. Do they have some of the best premium players? They do, but they just don't have depth. There's no depth there, uh, and they have no draft picks. And they have no money. So we'll have to see what happens. Trust me. One of my favorite debates on Twitter, or just in football in general, does the salary cap exist? And the answer is, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Look at all of the the players that are being cut this year that we're not used to seeing. And the salary cap really applies to two different subgroups. Okay? If you tier whether you call it the talent level or the salary cap level, okay? Let's go elite, above average, average, below average, and just crap. And so what the salary cap hurts is above average and average players. It doesn't hurt the elite. They're always going to get their money. It doesn't hurt the bottom of the barrel because people have to fill rosters with vet minimum deals to make everything work. But the above average and the average players, that is what your roster loses. So whenever you are paying out the wazoo for all these guys at the very, very top, which is fine, you are just cutting out the, the middle piece, the meat of your roster. Again, I think there's two different teams you could look at that are exemplify this. One is the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. They don't have any meat. Their offensive lines are trash. And they're just piecing stuff together. Then you look at teams like, I, I don't know, I, again, Tampa Bay comes to mind. You look at the uh, New Orleans Saints. Look at their offense and defensive lines. They're completely stacked. Why? Because there's there's no insane amount at the very, very top. They had a franchise, you know, the Saints had a franchise, Marcus Williams, their safety, who I really, really like. But that's what they are doing. They, they are trying their hardest to keep all that money in the offensive and defensive line. Now, maybe the Saints were a bad example because they are way over the budget as well. That's why they had to restructure um, you know, their quarterback Taysom Hill, whatever that hybrid player who they're paying like 16 million a year for uh whatever, but it, it it's kind of interesting. You know, whenever you see that. From Thomas Brown, what's up Thomas? He says, "Um I love it. Um it, it, it's it's interesting whenever you look at and just want to say thanks for the gift, Thomas. I really appreciate that, man. Um, I, I really do like where the 49ers are. And so you step back and you look at this. Oh, my gosh. Huge deal just announced. Corey Davis, this this is just goes further. Why the hell I don't want to sign a free agent wide receiver? Corey Davis, you know, former number five overall pick, whatever else. He just signed a three-year, $37 million deal with the Jets. I mean, I'm happy for him. Glad he got paid. Robert solid that's your number one wide receiver? That's your number one wide receiver. $37.5 million. Ugh. He's a good player. Jeez, Ugh. I don't want to touch this, man. Do not sign a wide receiver, please. If they're going to keep getting this money, draft them. They're so cheap. They're so cheap. Let me just explain to you how cheap they are. Because here's how much Debo Samuel, who's better, Debo Samuel or Corey Davis? I don't even think it's close. The cap hit Debo Samuel has this year, $2 million. $2 million. The cap hit Debo Samuel has in 2022, $3 million, just under. Go get a wide receiver. It's the deepest wide receiver draft. The position's the deepest. Last year it was the deepest. Next year it's going to be the deepest. Cheap, 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 cheap. (laughs) Wide receiver for the 49ers is not the spot that you want to pay for. I guarantee you that because use that money somewhere else. Offensive line. The one thing that I want the 49ers to do that they haven't done yet, offensive line. Offensive line. Uh, Interior guys. Left tackle Trent Williams, obviously he's out there, but that's kind of where we're at. So thank you guys so much. Patreons, kind of be where all the breakdowns are. Please head over there. uh, Patreon.com, 49ers Rush. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Appreciate you guys. Um, Hopefully, we get that Trent Williams news soon. It's 4.54. Man, we went right at about 45 minutes. I'm hoping it announces soon. And whenever it does, we'll be live that day talking about it, getting the deal out there and all those things. Thank you, guys. And as always, stay strong, faithful.